The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Forever Young cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Jupiter Julep. How are you doing? Well, and you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Are you having a good weekend so far? You got the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm still alive. The kids are still alive. The cat is still alive. So, yes. Okay. All right. All right. We're joined by Miss Madam Lizette. How you doing, Madam Lizette? I'm doing good. Did you have a good weekend? Are you having a good weekend? Yeah, I did. I mean, besides the fact that I got rained on yesterday, it's been raining in Dallas for about five or six days. Mm. And today was the first day of like sunshine. Um, but it looks like the sunshine's starting to go away because it's starting to get a little cloudy outside. Well, hopefully it doesn't dampen your spirits to be on the podcast. No, podcast is a good thing. All right. And we're joined once again this week by Miss What Sleep Doe. Hey, Miss V. Hi, guys. How was your weekend? I'm good. Um, My weekend was great. And then it decided to snow today. It's October 14th. It should not be snowing yet. This is just ridiculous. I... Yeah, so that kind of ruined my Sunday. But other than that, things have been good. And I actually made it back for the second week. So look Yay. at that little streak going. <laughs> my weekend has been great. Filled with work. But, you know, some of my sports ball teams won. And like Miss Jupiter Julep, I'm alive. Our new puppy's alive. So things are good. What's what kind of puppy is name? that? His name is Taz. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what kind is it? He is a boxer. Oh. Yeah, he's like tan and white. Yeah. I want a puppy so bad. Yeah, he's a handful. Wish they could just stay that puppy size because they're so adorable. But yeah. man, he doesn't listen. <laughs> I know um my one of my old bosses her husband is a dog trainer and i remember i was at one point saying like i wanted to get a boxer and she like was like don't do that and i said why and she said they stay in their puppy stage like energy wise for like five to seven years oh lord mm-hmm. yeah that's like a whole lifespan for something. so don you got it like have fun yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm very familiar i'm very familiar so It'll be fun, though. Hopefully, we can get a good grasp on training him and, and getting him at least to listen and acknowledge his name. We've been working on that, so he's getting a little bit. He might better. not like it. What if he doesn't like the name Taz, and that's why he's not responding to it? <laughs> well, what I do is I try to trick him, so when it looks like he's hungry and I know he's not going to get any more food, that's when I swoop in and use treats to try to get his attention oh. when I call his name and try to uses belly to activate his mind. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, look at you being smart. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. So thank you for everybody tuning in once again to Forever Young Cast. This is Don DeLorente. We are on the CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. So ladies, we'll get into this week's review. Second round action, the second half of the second round. So we're going to start off with the genius of the sky, Yo Shirai versus Zeus. So Zeus heads up top and misses the moonsault. Shirai then hits a drop kick and she heads up top, but she gets cut off and Zeus follows her up and teases the Spanish fly. Yo Shirai fights her off and hits a hurricane rana. Then she hits the running knees. And the moonsault finishes Zooksies. So Io Shirai moves on to the quarterfinals. So since you're back returning this week, second week in a row, we'll start with Miss V. You'll get to lead off the show with your analysis of Io Shirai versus Zooksies. Um, I thought it was a really, really good match. I'm surprised they opened it up with Io because she's popular, but I guess that kind of makes sense. I thought maybe she might go a little bit later in the card. Um, one of the things for me that I've noticed, I've only watched, I guess, two episodes. So I'm really behind the rest of you guys. But it's always really uncomfortable for me when, like, the crowd is so small there. You can tell when the crowd has no idea who somebody is or doesn't like somebody. And it's really awkward when they have to walk out to silence. Um, so um, it was weird. You know, Zio got a, or EO got a really long or loud uh, cheer for her. People knew who she was, but the other component, nobody really cheered for her, and it was kind of awkward. But as far as the wrestling goes, it was a really great match. I thought they both were able to look strong. They both were able to get their moves in. Um, so it was a pretty, it was a really solid match. The right person won, um, and I'm excited to see, you know, where she goes um, from here. So hopefully, she ends up in the finals and she wins the whole thing because she's. Super dope. So, that's my opinion. Okay, thank you, Miss Jupiter Julep. I'll let you come in next. Uh, your I thoughts? So I know Io Shirai is your fave to win uh-huh. it all. So, uh, what do you think about this performance in this week's show against Zeusies? Well, I still have on my Captain EO hat. Um, I wonder if the silence, because I took notice uh, throughout this whole episode of who had a good pop who had some silence and i wonder if during this match that's if that's the reason why they showed us ricochet and they also showed um Mm -hmm. three of the four horsewomen yeah and so i you know on one hand i want to blame them for the silence maybe not ricochet but totally the four horsewomen which i feel as though that's gimmick infringement because yeah. yeah, and they got no pop either, though. Like, I don't think people really cared about them. Like, they had, like, a moment, and then it was just kind of like, okay, get them off the screen now. Nobody really cares. Yeah, because it's so. like, they're showing us something. Then they showed our those faces, and I was like, those broads. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that also played a, a part in it. But um, I will admit to having a short attention span. There's a whole lot of wrestling and a whole lot of TV that I watch. And throughout this project of podcasting, I remember some people and then I don't remember people. And um, so I remember Zeus's because that was, I think, Dawn and Halissa and I, we were like, is it Zeus's? Is it like, how do we pronounce her name? We want to give her credit. And I think that Cole said her name about four different ways. This match. Yeah, Cole could never like really get it right. And yeah. so I was like... I'm still not sure what her name is. And this is her second match with us today. <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, I what I did like is the interplay of what Renee was saying and also um, Beth in terms of both Eo and Susie's or Zeusie's. Now I'm pulling a coal where they were chained in strong style. That this was Zeusie's dream match because even though they both um, had traveled and 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 wrestled internationally, they had not met each other which was interesting since a lot of other people hadn't met each other before and uh, where Zeusi's new strong style, she also was a trained luchadora. And so, and the question was what style would Zeusi's pull out? Because we knew what EO was going to do. And also she's a high flyer. How would that complement or um, well, not only, not just compliment, but you know, the opposite of, what the luchador style is going to be. And then they both had the mask coming out of EO has famously said that she was very much inspired by Ray Mysterio. So I wanted to see what they could do. And, um, Zayusi's reminds me of Kevin Owens and, um, Samoa Joe with the quickness, the power and the speed and the strength, like all in there together where you don't know what they could pull out. If Zeusi's hit Io with a stunner, I wouldn't have been surprised because that was a type of match they had to me. Um, I think that because the crowd had probably been there two hours or two days, they needed something to kind of start this episode with a bang. So that's why I'm thinking that this went first. Although I probably would have started with Caitlyn and I would have reversed the order. So started with Caitlyn and Mia Yim and then closed with Zeusies and Io Shirai. But then I understand that hometown girls, you know, people knowing who people know, Caitlyn being Caitlyn, that you you did owe it to her to kind of close since she is a returning fave. Um, other than that, I thought it was... Uh, that the Zeusies worked heel. It was a clear uh, storytelling in terms of working the shoulder uh, early on. Zeusies got that. I think they called it a basement dive. Is that what they called it? Or drop kick? Basement tope suicida. Yeah, there we go. So, you know, right in the shoulder. And I was wondering if Io was going to play that all the way through the match. At times she looked strong. At times she remembered, oh, yeah, shoulders hurt. But she did. I thought they told a good story. I'm going to stop rambling and say uh, I'm still a fan. I want to see more as AUCs. It was a win-win for me. All right, Miss Madam Lizette, we'll let you wrap it up on our opening match with Io Shirai and Zeusies. So for me, I thought that it was a good match, but it wasn't my favorite match of the card for this episode. And I feel felt like it was a bit underwhelming of what I expected. Um, I think that Zeusie's having EO as an opponent was good for her, but I'm not I wasn't so sure if Zeusie's being EO's opponent helped EO if that makes sense. Like I feel like EO did a good job of showing what Zeusie's could do, but I'm not sure if Zeusie's gave EO the space and the time to do what she needed to do. So it was one of those matches where I was like, well it's a good match, but I'm not sure if I want to see you guys wrestle each other again. Um, Zeusie's was a lot better this match than she was in the first round. I know in the first round we noticed that like she was doing this kind of start and stop thing with Ariel Monroe and she didn't do that this go round. So that was really nice to see her be a little bit more fluid and also be a lot stronger. Um, Beth called EO a young woman and so a young lady. And I was like, 
How old is EO? So I Googled it. She's 28. She's just a year older than me. I don't know why I thought EO was a lot older than that. But to find that out, I was like, yo, she's going to be wrestling in the WWE for a while um, at the age that she's coming in at. So I, that was kind of interesting, too, just to kind of think about what they can do with her if they use her like they're supposed to. Um, but overall, like I said, I think it was a good match. It just wasn't my favorite. And I felt a bit underwhelmed after watching it. Yeah. It was just kind of a, it was a good match. It was just kind of there, but I wanted to add on to you saying that, um, you know, she's only 28 she could be wrestling for a long time in the WWE. I really do wonder with a lot of the, you know, Japanese wrestlers coming over, if that is going to be the case with them, because they completely destroyed Asuka. Mm. So I get really worried when they come over and they have, because Asuka's an amazing wrestler. And so I just worry about them coming over and, you know, events not knowing what to do with them. Because there was something I saw earlier on Twitter where somebody said Vince doesn't even never seen an episode of NXT before. And it's clearly evident in that he has no idea what to do with them when they come up to the WWE. And I worry about that with some of the wrestlers that have been on this show who are having good showings. If, you know, once Vince gets his hands on them, if he's actually going to know what the hell to do with them and let them actually shine. So that's what worries about me because, you know, EO is amazing. And I just hope that uh, she doesn't get stuck um, in the same way that Asuka has right now. Very good points by all the ladies all around. Yeah, I thought this was a good match. I thought that Zeusies, I thought she showed better than she did in the first match to Madame Lizette's point that she gave EO her best. And, you know, I thought that EO had enough and a convincing enough win that she looked strong heading into the next round. And you, you know, are like, yeah, she's probably the favorite right now by if you put all her matches together and how dominant she's looked. So, I thought they worked well together. We'll move on to Deanna Perrazzo versus Zia Lee. Zia Lee hits a drop kick and they trade chops. Deanna follows with strikes. Zia Lee backflip counters into an enziguri for two. Zia Lee fires up. She misses a charge. And Deanna Perrazzo gets Zia Lee into the Fujiwara armbar. But this was like a butterfly version of it because she had both her arms like Goked up behind her back, and Zia Lee is forced to tap. So we'll start in reverse order this time. Miss Madame Lizette, I'll let you have the floor first. Deanna Perrazzo making her second appearance here in the May Young Classic for this year. Zia Lee, very impressive in her first match. What did you think about this particular matchup? So, this matchup, I went away going. I kind of want Zia Lee to win. Like, I know that I've been kind of championing Deanna Perrazzo because I, I've i seen her in, in the indies. And, of course, she's Marty Scrolls' girlfriend. So I know of who she is based off of her boyfriend. And so I was going for her. But as the match was going on, I was just like, you got about four or five moves. And then that's about it. Because this match feels oddly similar to the one that you put on in the first round. Um, so that in itself made me go, I feel like you might've should have lost this kind of in the same way that I felt about Tony Storm last episode. I thought that Zia Lee was good with her kicks and her strikes. They really looked like they hurt and they looked very strong for her. Um, 
I felt like Xylee was doing a really good job of countering, you know, the arm bar and doing everything she could to get out of it and also trying to pin Deanna in the process. I think that's a really good way to show that she's been watching Deanna Peraza and she knows kind of what to expect. I was on either Twitter or Instagram and I figured out that Karen Q and Deanna Peraza trained at the same gym. So... I was wondering, like, maybe, you know, Karen Q and them kind of sat down. I was like, well, this is what you can do if you need to beat Deanna um, and kind of gave her some pointers. But, you know, we don't really know that. And I thought it was a good finish. I think that at the end, Deanna looked strong, especially like pinning both of Siley's arms back. It looks really painful on television. But overall, I just felt like. Zaylee kind of shined a little bit more in this match to me than Deanna did, and I feel like Deanna needs to add to her wrestling repertoire so that we're not calling the same moves every time she gets into the ring. All right, Miss V, I'll let you take the next part of this analysis on what you felt about Deanna Perazzo versus Zaylee. So Deanna Perazzo, she has a Hunter Hearst Helmsley type thing going on, mm-hmm. like all the bowing after every good move and stuff. I I kept thinking, I'm like, Triple H told her to do that. Like he totally, or maybe she was doing it before when she was in the, when, in the Indies, but the entire time I was just like, she's the 2018 version of, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's all I kept thinking every time I saw her do that bow. Um, and I would agree too. I went into this looking at it and being like, okay, I want Deanna to win. But Zia was like, amazing she's chun Li without the buns like she the entire time like even her entrance and with the fans and stuff i was like she's like a street fighter character in real life and i'm like and i want to see her i want to see her do more and and based off of this match she had more moves that were interesting and something fun to watch more so than diana and it's like i get that diana had to win this because i'm sure they're gonna push her pretty hard and uh in the wwe and nxt um, but Zia personally to me, I was like, she was, she's who I ended up coming out of this rooting for, um, seeing her counter the arm bar, um, and get out of that and surprising Deanna that, oh, wow, how did she know that? How did she do that? And where did she want to do that? That was really interesting to see. Um, I, going into fashion, cause I always bring that up. Her gear is a million times better than Deanna who had a pretty boring, uh, look and style to her, to her attire. Um, I just think there's more something more interesting to look at when it comes to Zia. Um, and I just overall, the match was good, but I just think uh, Deanna didn't shine as much as I thought she was going to. Um, I think she's just kind of there. I did like the end, her finisher with actually tying up both um, of Zia's arms was actually pretty cool to see. But I think in general, like I was more, I was rooting more for, for Zia going all the way through the entire thing. But yeah. All right. Miss Jupiter Julep, you'll get the last word on this match between Miss Parazzo and Zaylee. Oh, somehow I don't think I'm gonna get the last word. Um, this was the match that I spent the most time or the most focused with, and I think it's because uh, with Deanna Parazzo, she was forgettable to me in the first round. And the only thing I remember was Madame Lizette saying, oh, she's Marty Scrolls girl. And like that's it. So I was really looking to see what she could bring on her own because I always want the women wrestlers to stand on their own and show me what they can do. And the I believe Beth called her elegant. 
And, you know, she and the and they kept on talking about the virtuoso and with the music and the robe and the bowing. I totally get the the Triple H reference. But I was looking for that elegant or something that would explain that she was a virtuoso throughout the match. And I was really looking for it and I didn't see it. And I thought, huh, okay. The second thing, reason why this match got my focus was because I knew that the winner would be facing EO in the next round. So then I was wondering who could give EO a better show. And so I thought, all right. And then when Zaya came out, I remember that we were very high on her match with, with, was this, it was Susie Q, right? Yeah, it was Karen Q. Karen Karen Q. Q. Karen Q. So, and we were really, really high on that match. And, um, you know, Zaya Lee comes out, she does a martial arts exhibition with a fan, and I'm looking at Deanna Perrazzo's face, and I thought, if she was really a heel, she would go waffle her right now, because they, she had that look like, what is this? But so I was really thinking that she was going to have an opportunity to show out through that match, and all she did was one bow, one bow, a little later, I was like, mm, okay. So I was wondering who would win this match, and I did, like the three of you, find myself pulling for Zia Lee. She did have more moves. She did. She was choppy at first, but then she got into it. She told a really good story uh, throughout the match. And I would have been more interested to see what she could do with Io Shirai versus um, pushing Deanna Perrazzo and being told that she's a virtuoso and being told that she's a fan favorite and being told that she's a favorite to win this um this this series i wanted to agree i wanted to for her to sell it to me where i would think oh diana Perrazzo, she's someone to watch i didn't even leave this match saying i would like to see more i am curious to see what she could do with eo shirai just to see if this was a chemistry thing or if i'm misjudging it but i wasn't really feeling it and so dawn it goes to triple power bomb where the three of us are kind of like Meh. Meh. To your, Not so great. Nah, to your, to your Deanna Peraza. I watched this I watched this twice. I watched it last night again and my consensus was, huh? Somebody's gonna get power bombed this week. Deanna Peraza <laughs> may be the candidate. <laughs> <laughs> so look at Don already scouting out the top <laughs> <laughs> So I was like <laughs> I was like, huh, she seems like a prime candidate coming off of this episode right here. She seemed the the least, you know, impressive, I think, of everybody that was in the matches in this particular episode. So I would definitely agree with y'all's assessment that she just seemed limited in what she showcased offensively. Now she may have more. They may be telling her, hey, just be strong and, and lay in these moves and just get that arm bar over. But, yeah, it would be cool if she could kind of display a little bit more variety from week to week. But since she's moving on to the quarterfinals, maybe we'll get that in the next match that she has in her next matchup. But we'll, you know, preview that at the end of the show. Anybody else want to wrap, you know, wrap this up? I just want to know, like, what is the purpose of the bat? Like, I just I don't. Is it a part of her gimmick? Like, what is her gimmick and why does she need? to bow like because it doesn't even come across as her being a heel like i know i'm the shit so i'm gonna bow well if you're you know my opponent but if you're a virtuoso 
as it's claimed oh. to be like, okay, think of a virtuoso or somebody like Jimi Hendrix, right? So you do yeah. something well, they applaud you and you bow. But she didn't do anything well. I was I was I was speaking in the terms of more like Jimi (laughs) Hendrix, but I was just trying to give you the maybe that's the reason why the bowing took place after what she perceived as so at all large moves. She doesn't come across as like I, I she's supposed to be a heel and I get it, but I guess she comes across as a heel with her facial expressions and stuff, but like I didn't get that from her, and I'm coming in as somebody who's green and hasn't seen her in a ton of matches. I've seen a couple, but not as much as probably you guys have. So I'm just kind of like, I was expecting more, especially with her gimmick being a virtuoso and all that. I thought she was gonna have more to present when she was just kind of there, and it wasn't. I was like, okay, this is what we're going with. All right, WWE. All right, <laughs> another basic chick. All right, cool. Hopefully she has more to offer because I know she's super popular in the Indies. So hopefully there's more to it. So like in the virtuoso thing, I think that if you look at the back of her jacket, it says virtuoso and then also says Fujiwara specialist. So as a virtuoso, the one thing that she's supposed to do really, really well is the art is the Fujiwara arm bar. <laughs> That's why she hits it so many times. Yeah. I think WWE is kind of, um, running that and ramming it home yeah and like really throwing it into our faces instead of letting the move and her actions speak for themselves Mm -hmm. so she's the virtuoso because she does the arm arm bar really really well but see i feel like you can't call somebody a virtuoso because they do like maybe in wrestling like with the Jimi Hendrix um, comparison, yeah, he's a guitar player, so he has one thing to be really, really good at. I don't think you can call a wrestler a virtuoso when they literally have one move that they're not, like that they're really, really good at. Like they don't do anything else that's impressive, at least to me anyway. Like I was just watching the match and I was like, okay, she's got an armbar. So does Ronda Rousey. What exactly are we? What's what are we supposed to be super impressed by? Exactly. But, also, Karen Q, oh, it's, um, it's called Karen Q, good lord, excuse me, Zia Lee countered it several times. If you're a virtuoso of an arm bar, if I put it on you, it should be over. You shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't get out of it more than once. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, but that's not the story that they told. I don't know if they're trying to set in that idea of like she has a weakness so that when she gets to EO next round, EO will be able to get out of it and it'll make sense. I don't know, but it's just watching Zia Lee counter it. Cause she countered like three or four times before mm-hmm. it finally like worked. And even in it working, she still had to pin back both of her arms. Yeah. Um, it just was like, girl, you keep hitting her with the same move and she knows how to get out of it. So you got to figure out something else to do eventually. And if this is your finish and this is your setup. And I think that was it too, was every, we knew when you were setting it up because you go, you did the same like chain of moves to get to the setup. The setup was always the same. So obviously, of course, she knows how to counter it because she knows what to kind of look for when she's watching you. Yep. And that doesn't really work out very well in her favor. So I just think that 
the virtuoso piece and like all the bowing and stuff, she was doing that in the indie. So that's not a like WWE is making her do that. That's her character, that that's the character that she developed on her own um, before she got to WWE. But I don't know if it's going to work the way that Triple H wants her, it to, unless she's going to like switch it up kind of in the same way that he did. Like she's going to have to evolve into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, as I'll wrap this up, that seemed to be the theme of this whole episode was everybody kicking out of somebody's finisher at least once. So it, it I guess it kind of added to the drama of it being the quarterfinals and the challengers being a little bit tougher than in the last round. So if you think about all of these matches, at least someone had to go to their finisher multiple times to you know wrap it up so i don't know if that was just uh, you know maybe that's just an isolated incident for this particular show for the drama of it all but that happened in all the matches and uh jupiter julep i'll give you a good shout out and heads up for calling her Susie q that's a good uh ccr song oh ccr queen of the revival uh-huh oh yep Look it up on YouTube sometime. No, I listen. I know that they did Proud Mary until I and Tina Turner took it from them, and then they can't have it back. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, really, I'm a kid of a jazz musician and a music teacher. Oh, I, I'm I'm a jukebox, so I, they still get. <laughs> See, learn something new about you every podcast, every day, every day. You're listening to the Forever Young cast. This is episode number six. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm here with Jupiter Julep, Madam Lizette, and What Sleep Doe. You can find the Forever Young cast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. So we'll move on to our next matchup, Miss Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews. Nicole Matthews grounds things, and then she follows up with a clothesline and a northern light suplex for two count. Tegan Knox fights off the line tamer. She lays in some uppercut and then she cradles Nicole Matthews for her own two count. Knox then follows with a cannonball and she hits the shiniest wizard of them all to get the win. So Tegan Knox moves on again to the next round. They were really focusing on her knee and coming back from the knee injury and the knee brace and how, you know, it's limiting her mobility, but she's still finding ways around it. So they were kind of working that in to the story, kind of getting that in your head. So, Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll let you start off with this uh, particular match. Cole said that Tegan Knox was his favorite and darn near got an erection every time he talked about her. I, on the other hand, so, and then there's Nicole Matthews. Um, she looked a lot better to me as far as her ring gear than the first time. However, I think that she needs to invest in good undergarments because she was an accident waiting to happen. And also I think that it impaired the match that she looked uncomfortable because she kept on checking and make sure that um, we didn't have a wardrobe malfunction. And I'm not certain if, if that awkwardness it translated in the match. And that's one of the reasons why it felt awkward to me. Um, but I was not a, a huge fan of this match. Uh, I, it was interesting to me is that 
Nicole Matthews, I'm told, is a mainstay in women's wrestling. She's a vet. And every time we have a vet, I always wonder why haven't I heard of them or if they've made forays into WWE or Impact or something else, uh, especially since so many people that I am really familiar with have wrestled her. And I was just watching and I thought, I see why. There is something missing with charisma. Um, you can't blame Canada. Like, like, oh, well, she's from Vancouver and that's why she's like a bear in the wild or something like that. I, there's just something very boring about her that, you know, I gave her a pass the last match against Isla Dawn. I think a lot of that had to do with Isla Dawn and the fact that she was so pale. So Nicole kind of could come across as being brutal. But I will say this. At the end of the match, she lost. She cried. Like, and I and I wonder, like, ooh, was this was this her chance? Because as we also discussed, women don't have the same longevity as men in wrestling. And with her being such a mainstay in a vet, how much longer does she have uh, to show on a big stage? Having said that, Tegan Knox, I uh, she had a good showing. I think that she had two very tough opponents and I'm wondering if WWE is testing her knee to see if she is injury prone and to see how much they can do before they fully invest in her. When I see her, I don't see the winner of the Mae Young Classic. I see someone who's interesting, like, oh, let's see what she can do like as far as character development, but I don't see her and think, I want to see her in the evolution card. I think that she should win this tournament. And I wonder where her career could go. What I'm seeing is, are you, like, how safe are you? Uh, how long do you have? Is that knee fully healed? That's all. That's pretty much it for now. All right. Madam Lizette, your analysis of Tegan Knox and Nicole Matthews. So I actually liked this match and I liked it more for Tegan and not so much Nicole Matthews. Um, I did like her ring gear more. So Jupiter, I agree with you that Nicole looked better in the ring as far as like her outfit and wardrobe was going, but I did notice like her pulling and tucking and checking and that makes an eyesore in a match. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the fluidity of a match, but I did like the fact that Tegan, no matter how, hard the punches the kicks the moves whatever Tegan kept fighting forward and she wasn't going to allow her knee or you know the fact that she is not necessarily as strong as Nicole Matthews to hold her back so I liked like her aggression and her tenacity and I feel like that conveyed very well on television um it also helped that like the NXT crowd very much is behind her so they want to see her succeed and even listening to Renee and all of them on the um, commentary, they want Tegan to succeed. And I understand like she's, she's the picks. She's the next one up in a form. So I did enjoy the match. Um, it still was kind of underwhelming in a way. Like this whole card, at least up to this point for me was all like, Oh, this didn't stack up to like, last week's worth of matches so that was a whole nother thing I'm happy that Tegan won I think Tegan did deserve to get the win I'm excited to see her against Rhea Ripley I feel like they can have a good match 
Um, and I think that they've, if with Tegan being like the chosen one, she has had some of the strongest, biggest, greediest opponents the last two rounds. And she's going into a whole other juggernaut in Taria. So I feel like Triple H and the rest of them are really testing her and trying to make sure, like, can you keep doing this with the fact that your ACL tour, you know, eight or nine months ago? So the match was all right. It was better to me than the first two. Um, but it still kind of wasn't as good as the last set of matches we we reviewed last week. All right. Was sleep though? You get the last word on Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews. Yeah, so the match was kind of just there for me. I feel like the entire match I was just waiting for Nicole Matthews to like have a wardrobe malfunction because she literally almost did like she was there's that one point I think where she like was on her back and if she would have moved just like one inch she would have been out and I was just it was really distracting the entire match um to watch that and you could tell that she was distracted by it as well um I okay so I get that Tegan Knox is one of the next up and that she's one of the girls are going with I didn't really there wasn't anything in this match for me to be like oh I need to follow this girl oh I need to see what she's gonna do next and I want to see where her career goes. Like, there was nothing special. I mean, she, and I don't know if it's because she's still on the, still recovering and maybe she's not 100% back from her, from her knee injury. But just for me, I was just like, okay, she's good. And I think she, I think she was better in this match than, um, than, uh, Deanna was actually. I was more impressed by, um, by Tegan, but, I was just like, okay, um, I don't understand why, you know, WWE is really going in on her, but, you know, maybe we'll see something later on. Um, but in general, yeah, the match was just kind of, it was just kind of there for me. Um, I, there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I need to talk about that. Um, I do think her, her finisher, I've seen her do her finisher better. I think just even in the package they showed before the match started, her finisher looked more destructive. I think she, I don't know if it was like botched or what it was, but it just didn't look all that devastating to me. So I was just like, okay, it was just like, she hit it cause she had to. And then she won the match, but you know, I wasn't, there wasn't anything like super exciting about that match for me. I was just like, okay, it's here. Um, let's get on to the match that people actually care about. I will say this though. Um, even though I did not enjoy that match, I feel like when you have a tournament like this where it's all women and you have a 20-minute time limit per match, there should not be any matches under five minutes. Like, I just don't understand why. I'm like, some, especially for some of these girls who might not get a chance to be in these positions ever again, like, there shouldn't be any matches that are, like, three minutes on your card. I feel like that's kind of a wasted opportunity. Um, or just a waste of these of some of these girls' times, and they and maybe they could do more if they had a little bit more time. But you know, for them to only get three minutes and forty five seconds is kind of I'm like maybe they could have done more, or maybe I don't know if it was a if somebody called it from but from you know behind the scenes and was like we need to get these girls out of here before we get fined by the FCC or something, and let's just get out of here. But in general, it's just like okay, this match is just it's it's here. Let's get on with the next one. So, not impressed with who WWE is really trying to push down our throats right now. So, that's not good. Oh my God. We'll move on to the main event of the evening. My favorite. 
Mia Yim versus Caitlin. Caitlin hits a catatonic for a two count. Caitlin then misses the spear, and Mia Yim hits soul food for a two count. Kate, Caitlin then fights off a German suplex, and then she connects with the spear for her own two count. Mia Yim transitions and counters into a knee bar. Caitlin fights for the ropes, but eventually she has to tap, and Mia Yim advances on to the quarterfinals. So, another impressive match by Mia Yim. I like that she went to an alternate finish. That's always a good thing that you can win the match with more than one move. If somebody does happen to kick out of your main finisher, you have something you can go to as a backup. So I really like that element. And I thought Caitlin looked pretty strong in my estimation. So we'll begin the way that we ended. We'll, uh, Miss V, I'll let you start this time again to wrap um, it up. I'm all in on my, um, she's dope. Like I really, I really like her. She's just got a really, a really good vibe about her. Um, a really good swagger about her. I wish that they would stop talking about how she's good friends with Shayna Bessler and how they live together and all that stuff. I don't care. Um, and if anything, that makes me not want to like her because I cannot stand Shayna. So I'm like, stop with the connection. Um, but, um, on her own, I'm like, she has this amazing swagger. She's great in the ring. Um, and this match with her and Caitlin was, it was really, really good. Um, I will admit, I fell out of wrestling when Caitlin was in the WWE. So I didn't actually really see her, um, wrestle any of the girls that were up on the roster back then. I was one of the, it was around the time where I was just like, I'm not in on John Cena or any of this stuff. So I just kind of fell out. Um, so to see her now wrestling in this kind of atmosphere, um, it's, it's really cool to see. And I think the match between the two of them was, was amazing. Um, I'm wondering if, I know she's not signed to WWE right now. I think she's still independent, right? Caitlin or Mia? Caitlin. Um, I, I think she's still independent. Yeah. Um, I could, I don't know if she wants to come back, but I would, I would be okay with seeing her back on, back in the ring on a regular basis. Cause I thought she was, she was great. I think they played well off each other. They both had an opportunity to look really strong in this match. Um, and I think, uh, it was, yeah, it was a really, really entertaining match for me, for me as someone who was kind of green and has, like I said, hadn't seen Caitlin before, um, and had only seen like a couple of things here and there for, for Maya. So um i was just like this i'm all in on both of them actually um but i just like i said i really wish they would stop talking about shayna like that was what was driving me crazy this match like i don't care that she knows shayna and that they that she learned from her or whatever like that is a deterrent for me so please don't do that just keep that out of just don't bring that to my attention but uh but yeah i really enjoyed this match all right miss madam lizette your thoughts on me and Yim advancing into the quarterfinals with a win over Caitlin? So I'm going to go the same way as Miss V. I really enjoyed this match. I thought that this was a really good way to end a pretty like lackluster show. Um, I feel like both of the women did a really good job. It was really aggressive, a lot of energy. It felt like it was kind of like all over the place because they were just doing so much, but it didn't look sloppy. Um and I like the fact that they didn't spend the whole time on commentary talking about me and Yim being a domestic violence survivor and Caitlin having to overcome so much to get back into the ring. I like the fact that they were like, hey, 
these two ladies can go and mm-hmm. we're here to watch them go. Um, mm-hmm. That was really nice because I know last year with me and Yim, every time she stepped in the ring, it was, she's a domestic violence survivor and she's been through so much and she's a did it. And it was just like, okay, we understand that. And, but she's here and she's wrestling. So obviously she's moved forward with that. And then, um, in the first round with Caitlin, it was talking about all the things she had been through and how she's trying to get back to being a champion after being a diva and all that. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but totally new person here now. So let them wrestle and let them be aggressive and let them show, you know, what they can do. And that's really what they allowed them to do. And that's really what they focused on on commentary. I didn't mind the fact that they brought up Shayna and the rest of them um, because I think they were trying because they said she's been rooming with um, Shayna and the other four horsewomen and they've been teaching her submissions. And then the fact that she did get Caitlyn to tap out, I feel like that was the tie in that they were going for. And Shayna has grown on me while she's been in NXT. Um, I went from like, not liking her at all last year to being like, ah, she's not awful this year. Um, so I was, I was okay with the mentioning of the four horsewomen. Plus they had already been on the show once. And I have read on Twitter that like, even now they still room together now that me and him is signed to WWE. So it's not, it's kind of knowledge, public knowledge at this point. But, um, outside of that, I really thought it was a good showing. I hope that Caitlin decides to come back. Um, and sign with the WWE because I want to see her fight some of the women on the main roster, especially since the only, I guess, the people that she was feuding with at the time are gone. AJ Lee is gone. Nikki doesn't really wrestle that regularly. Um, Naomi actually wrestles now, so I would like to see them go at it again. So I feel like I want her to sign. I want to see her and me and Yim wrestle some more. It was just a good way to end the show, especially since the show wasn't that great leading up to this match. All right, Miss Jupiter Julep, you'll get your final word on me and Yim and Caitlin. So it's a three-peat. Um, I will also <laughs> say, um, it is, I won't go too much into it. I was clapping for you because that was the major note that I had was I really appreciated the opening promo that they pack the, the opening prom- promotional package that they have for Mia Yim and um, for Caitlin, where they really did focus about what they did last match. They talk about how uh, Mia hurt her hand. It was still heavily taped up. And it, and then that was a through line throughout the story and probably will be uh, throughout her next match, which is against your home girl, Tony Storm. Uh, I really did appreciate them keeping it in the present and then only mentioning um, something about Caitlin at the end where the crowd gave Caitlin a respect and said, thank you, Caitlin. So um, throughout the match, I was, I was really, really drawn to it in the terms of, I didn't really know who would win and I was trying to see who I would want to win. Uh, in the last round, I like you, Miss V, Miss Caitlin uh, when she was wrestling. So I didn't have a nostalgic pop when I saw her. I was looking for her to make an impression on me. I was looking for her to give me something that would make me want to really, really pull for her. And I got it. I would want to see her on the evolution card. I like you, Madame Lizette, would like to see her um, take on the this whole, the previous era 
weren't all the Bellas or something like it's not synonymous with bad wrestling. You know, like that, you know, we did have Beth Phoenix. We did have um, also, oh, I see her face, Natty Hart. You had wrestlers in the mix where it was, yeah, you had your Kelly Kellys. I think they were in the same era or whatever else. And the Bella Twins running a foot. But you did have AJ Lee. You had viable people. It wasn't all shenanigans. And I think that to brush those other women aside and, you know, in favor of what's going on now. And then, by the way, we see what's going on now. You have some pops of brilliance, but you got a whole lot of not great uh, that I would like to see what she can do now. All right, ladies. So that was the final matchup of the second round. So next week, we will be moving on to the quarterfinals. So we're getting down to the really stellar matchups. So here's our preview of next week's show. We have the legend Miko Satamora against the upstart Cinderella Story in Lacey Lane. We have this week's person who was triple power bomb through a table, Deanna Perrazzo versus Io Shirai. Tegan Knox, she faces off versus Rhea Ripley. And in the Baywatch match for all of my emotions, Mia Yim faces off with Tony Storm. So, Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll let you have a chance to tell me which match you're looking forward to the most and which match you might think will steal the show. Okay. First of all, can we put a moratorium? Well, I'd like to move to the committee that we put a moratorium on the words Cinderella story. Yeah. Oh, I got an eye. So you second, I agree. I I never want to hear Cinderella story again. Cole needs to watch some more Disney. My God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can we get something else? Yeah, can we get, like, there's a bunch of other princesses, I'm saying. But you know what? I, I, I thought about it, and the next thing you know, Michael Cole going to be talking about, oh, she's a Harriet Tubman leading us to the promised land. Cole plays under Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you never be that dumb. Hopefully, well, you never know. February yeah, is coming. February is on the horizon. It's closer than you think. Right. What is February? Oh, Lord. You know what? Yeah, wow. Also, just before I forget, can we give a shout out to Mia Yim's Wakanda-inspired Killmonger-esque outfit, ring gear? I noticed it, yes. Yes, hat tip. Hat tip. tip. Okay, so um, the two matches, well, the match that I am interested in would be Deanna versus Io. But the one I think is going to steal the show is Mako and Lacey. Oh, the veteran versus the the up and upstart. You think is going to be the one, huh? I I think so because me uh, Mako Satomura is very much the final boss. I think that it is an honor for Lacey Lane to be so young in her career to face her, and I think that there will be some moves that. Um, that Mako will pull out. And also Lacey, I think, will up her game a little. Uh, hopefully they are what they did, you know, the 
practice or, you know, work something out a really good program. Uh, so I think that that was still the show. I, I have high, ex- I have high hopes for that one. And I think that um, I'm interesting to see if Deanna can get up from our power bomb and pull it together with EO, but you know who I'm not looking forward to your girl, Tony storm. So oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter took out the chair and hit her one more time. <laughs> he asked for it. He did. Okay. Miss Madam Lizette, I'll move on to you and uh, ask you the same question. Which match are you looking forward to the most in these quarterfinals? And which match do you think will steal the show? So I'm looking forward to Rhea Ripley and Tegan. I know how it ends because I know what happens to Tegan during the Mayan Classic this year. So I know what happens. But I want to see all the stuff that leads up to that happening. And I'm excited to see Rhea. I think that she has really grown in a year. And she really does kind of deserve to be in the Final Four after like kind of fumbling um, fumbling the baton last last year. Um, I'm excited to see Mako and Lacey, but I hope that Mako just lays Lacey out and then it's over. Like, if I, if Mercedes couldn't beat Mako, ain't nobody beat Mako no time soon. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, that's just not gonna work for me. I hope that Tony Storm and me and Yim can have a better match than what we've seen Tony bring out recently, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. And, EO and Deanna, I feel like I hope it goes the same way Mako and Lacey does and that EO just overpowers Deanna and Deanna goes home. Because I, I want to see EO and Mako, mm-hmm. period. That's what I want to see. <laughs> and what sleep though? Which match uh, are you looking forward to and which match do you think might steal the show? Okay, so full disclosure, I had to go Google Lacey Lane because I forgot what she looked like and who she was. She has got to change her name. That name does not match like what she looks like and her like at all. I know I said that last time, but it. I was thinking she's another, she's another little white blonde girl. I was not picturing, you know, the the half black, half white girl with the dreads. Like that's not what you get when you hear the name Lacey Lane. So that's so I totally forgot about her. Um, but again, just like last week, I'm rooting for everybody Japanese again. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see Mako. I kind of, I don't see her getting, uh, another like 11 minute match out of Lacey. Like it wouldn't make any sense for that. Um, just because she's not on this, she's not the same caliber wrestler as Mercedes was. Um, so I'm, but I think that, I think that Mako could probably still pull a really good match out of her. Um, I really don't care about Tony Storm, so I'm hoping that Mia Yim just kind of comes and like embarrasses her. That would be amazing. Um, and then uh, Eo, I'm really excited to see her again too. Um, I'm hoping that maybe she could pull a better match out of Diana and make Diana do more than what she did um, in the match today um or from this week so hopefully we'll see a little bit more something different from her and maybe we'll, I'll, I'll see that virtuoso that she's supposed to be um and then tegan knox and Rhea ripley um i don't see tegan winning that match at all um uh i don't see you know i just feel like Rhea's the, the better wrestler and more of a juggernaut so um all in all i think next week's episode should be 
all of the matches, just with the exception of Tony Storm, um, should live up to, I think, everybody's expectations. So I'm excited. Well, the match I'm looking forward to the most is me and Yim versus Tony Storm. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Like right. The match, I think, that's going to steal the show. Me and Yim versus Tony Storm. I mean, do you just need us to, uh, the crowd to chant one more time, one more time, and then we just tell you again? No, I'm teasing. You can like who you like. No, I think you they're know? gonna. I think they're gonna rip it up. I think they're gonna have a bomb match. I think it's gonna be highly athletic, fast paced. Um, they match up like in height and weight and pretty opposite styles, pretty good. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, big time, big time, big time. So. So how are you going to be when you're disappointed next week? <laughs> it's one of those things where since I like both of them, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll have some, I'll have something to hang on to because whoever wins wins and I'll continue to have somebody to root for. Now, okay. if they come up with just a kind of mm, under my expectation match, yeah, I will come back next week and say, Hey, they underwhelm me, but leading up to it, it's like four or five days away. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they come in there and they just rip it up. And then y'all come back on here next week and go, you know, she was okay. You don't have to give her glowing praise, but at least if she holds up her end of the match, that'll be good for me. Because I really think she's good. I don't know what I, <laughs> I'm missing on on this. And maybe it was just a bad night and, you know, she'll get a chance to redeem herself. But I just think she's really good. Everything that I've seen of Tony Storm, I always just thought like, yo, they could do a lot with her. She's got the WWE kind of E type of stuff going on enough that her wrestling can make up for all the rest of it. So we'll see. That we shall. I guess we will. All right, ladies. So at this point, I'm going to open it up to shout outs and thank yous. So, Madam Lizette, you'll be first for your shout outs and thank yous. As always, shout out to you guys for having me on, even with the lackluster set of matches this week. Shout out to my best friend. My best friend always gets shout outs. Shout out to the Baycast as he listens every week. And shout out to everyone else who's been lifting and sending us, you know, praise. And nobody shouted out Anwar today. So he uh, has to get a shout out today. Uh, what? You know I am. I know, but we're gonna we're gonna do it, you know, all of us. So shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Miss Jupiter Jewel, your shout outs and thank yous. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, obviously, to all of you uh, for coming on again. Uh, for Anwar Starwin, who, without a doubt, if he's not fact-checking for us, does interact with us. And I, I appreciate it so very much. Uh, special shout-out to Miss V for sending an article in the group chat about, uh, what was it called? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I think I can find it. Give me a second. Yeah, I have my phone else. in my hand. It's the Nikki Bella Breed Bella one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. It is. It says how the Bella Twins turn yeah. your fave guilty pleasure sport into a feminist empire. 
And she gave me tiny bubbles because I read it and responded. But I appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out to you <laughs> for you for getting my pressure up. Um, and and you know what? I'm I'm gonna keep it there. Y'all have a great week. All right, Miss V. Was sleep though? Your shout outs and thank yous. Yeah, shout out to you guys for having me on again. Um, I still have never listened to any of the episodes because I can't listen to my own voice. So I assume everything sounds good because you guys keep having me back. So, so thank you. Um, uh, also, shout out to my little brother who almost walked into a power line because we had hurricane weather down in, at our house in Virginia Beach. So thankfully. Huh? He's good, and my mom was able to stop him before he did that. Um, so shout out to my little brother Keith. Um, be careful when you're in the yard, bro. Um, and also, yeah, shout out to everybody that listens to this. And again, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, thank you, Miss Miss um, uh, V. Excuse me. I'd like to give a shout out to all the ladies here, my co-hosts for this show. I really enjoy this show each and every week. I look forward to watching the matches and then listening to your analysis it's very insightful i always you know pick up on something that i had no clue about until i look go back and listen and go oh that's something to watch for next week give a shout out to everybody who listens to the Razzle cast cast a strong style forever young cast everybody who listens to cspn again please support our sponsors amazon.com through cspn.us start your early christmas shopping Get your last minute needs for your costume for Halloween. Do that through Amazon. Share some of your purchase with the CSPN by going through our website first, CSPN.us. Click on Kickball Podcast free at the top of the page. Click on Amazon. Shop as you normally would. And some of your purchase comes back to us to help keep the podcast free. Support us directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. Become a CSPN backstage member. And get exclusive content, videos, um, special podcasts from all of the podcasts and your podcast hosts here on CSPN. So for that note, for Miss Jupiter Julep, Miss V, was Sleep Doe, and Madame Lizette, I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode six of the Forever Young Cast, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, <laughs>